Hey friends, you know what I don't miss at all? That vicious week before the period. Feeling like I'm ready to crawl out of my skin, irritated by everything and everyone around me. Bouncing between cravings for salty foods and sweets and back again. Now it's easier to manage PMS with Estro Control from Happy Mammoth. Estro Control contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. Now here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors, like the chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a menstruating person's life. And the biggest benefit? Feeling like myself again. That's what people mention over and over in their reviews. And there are over 17,000 reviews for Happy Mammoth products, including Estro Control. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code CORP, C-O-R-P, at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code C-O-R-P for 15% off today. What's up, y'all? It's Zach with Living Corporate, and wow, um, you know, if you, I'm recording this on uh, May 27th, and um, it's challenging times, right? And then, you know, we talk about um, Living Corporate being a platform that amplifies and centers marginalized voices at work, and and one thing about I'm going to just speak from a black perspective is that, you know, we say that this, we say that uh, being black is exhausting. Like that's a common phrase you'll hear like on Twitter and stuff like black people say, and we'll say it also in conversation, like being black is exhausting. But the, the reality is being black is incredible. It's the systems of oppression. Um, uh, and that's, that's cultural, that's political, that's uh, legal, that's uh, legislative, um, that's economic, uh, that's judicial. That's like these systems come together and make being black exhausting. And so I come to you today. You know, I'm excited. I'm thankful uh, to be here. Um, and um, and I'm, I'm thankful um, wherever you are. Um, I see you. I appreciate you. You're loved and you're supported. Um, you know, we exist to really be a space, um, a digital oasis, if you will, of encouragement and affirmation. Um, and so we do that on this platform by having real talk in a corporate world. Um, we, um, interview CEOs, we interview executives and entrepreneurs and authors and activists and scholars, authors, um, all types of folks really tackling perspectives from, uh, marginalized experiences and marginalized identities, marginalized meaning, underestimated, underrepresented, under supported. Um, and uh, we do that every week. And uh, today's no, no different y'all. Uh, we have Ken Miller. Ken Miller is uh man. One of the few CEOs we've had on the platform. I just want to actually get right into it. Ken, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Zach. Thank you so much for having me. Oh man. You know, I have to ask, you know, how are you and your, your family during doing during this time? 
Um, just as you said, uh, this, these are very, very difficult times, um, challenging for all of us. Um, in fact, um, you know, this COVID-19 crisis has truly impacted my family. Unfortunately, I lost my grandmother um, to to COVID-19. I lost my uncle to COVID-19. Um, my mother-in-law um, was um, tested positive and is now in a hospital. So um, this this pandemic is truly impacting all of us, in particular my family and moreover people of color around the world. And uh, we got to do everything we can to try to get this thing under control, Zach. Absolutely. You know, I, 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 I want to get right into it, right? Um, I really want, I want sometimes every, like every now and then, like I'll read this huge bio of, uh, for folks. Right. But I really want to give folks, I really want to give you space uh, to, to talk to us about a little bit about yourself, talk about your company, your background, and just, um, you know, what you want folks to know about you. Yeah, for sure. Zach. Um, you know, I come from very, um, humble beginnings. I, I grew up in Westchester County in New York City um, in a very small town called Greenberg, New York. Um, and, you know, growing up in Greenberg, we all grew up like like family. And I was fortunate enough to have a very tight network of family and friends that really supported me in my development, um, made sure that I did everything I had to do academically, as well as build some decent athletic skills. Um, and I was fortunate enough um, to go to college. In fact, I was the first um, member of my family to go to a four-year university and actually graduate. And, uh, you know, uh, fortunately enough, I was able to get into school via um, football. Um, but while there, I grew a passion for academics and ultimately wanting to make a difference. Um, you know, I was fortunate enough to jump into the healthcare industry shortly after undergrad, uh, where I just continued to progress, um, be given more and more responsibility. Um, I had a network of leaders that supported me along the way in my development, continued to challenge me and give me new opportunities. And throughout this journey um, that's been over 30 years, I've been fortunate enough to um, lead organizations here in the U.S. for major Fortune 100 companies like Pharmacia Pfizer, like Roche Labs, like Novo Nordisk. Um, I even had the opportunity to serve as an expatriate um, in Basel, Switzerland for about two and a half years while with Roche Labs. And I believe that that journey, those experiences actually prepared me to take on a more of a leadership role in healthcare. And currently I am the president and CEO of NASCO Healthcare. We are a healthcare company focused in on the development of simulation training solutions for First responders, such as folks who are on the front lines right now fighting COVID-19, nurses and doctors, um, to ensure that they build the skills um, so that they are ready to meet the needs of patients um, however they present themselves. And so I'm very happy and excited uh, to be on this podcast with you, talk to you a little bit about my background and my journey. Um, but the long and short of it is, Zach, is that uh, I, I, I come from humble beginnings and I feel very fortunate and thankful to be in this role today to try and make a difference in healthcare. 
you know, let's talk about let's talk about your role. And, you know, you, you're the second black male CEO we've had on Living Corporate. I'm, I'm curious to to get your perspective on, you know, some what do you would th- what you would say are the biggest factors that have led you to the seat that you're at in NASCO today? Yeah, absolutely. I would I would say that it is one, my faith as well as my support network um, that have led me here. One, you know, trusting in God, trying to be the best person that I can be, living my life with integrity, um, I think has positioned me well to take on this opportunity. And then having a strong support network. My wife, she's my number one champion. Um, she's always in my corner. She always helps me um make good decisions, as well as my broader network of family members and friends who coach me along the way. I think those two elements have prepared for me to be here um, as CEO and president. Don't get me wrong. I I was very fortunate enough to go to um, a four-year school, get my undergrad education. I went and got my MBA from the University of Chicago, one of the best business schools in the world. Um, I've worked all around the globe, so I've had great experiences. And I think that those things, coupled with the first two points that I made, have absolutely prepared me to take on this type of leadership role, Zach. You know, I'm curious, like, especially during times like these and you were coming up right after this whole Amy Cooper situation uh, and, um, and the continual just brutalization of black bodies uh, that continues to be broadcasted um, on like major media platforms. You know, I'm just a manager, um, but even I, as a manager, I feel like my safety net has gotten smaller and smaller as I've progressed in my career. Um, Am I overstating the pressure to, uh, to succeed as a black male CEO and like the 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 small degree or, you know, the, the the lack of grace that you may have the higher up you get. Am I overstating that? No, not at all, Zach. Um, I do believe that our um, circles are getting smaller and the challenges of assuming these leadership roles for men of color are even more and more difficult. Well, so let's talk about that. Like, how do you manage that that stress for you? Like, how do you manage the stress of having to constantly be on your P's and Q's? Uh, and, and what is it? What does that look like for you? Yeah, absolutely. Let, 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 let me come to the stress element second. Let me start with how to get there. OK, um, one is you've got to have to have an unwavering belief in yourself. This makes me reflect back on when I was in third grade and my third grade teacher, um, seeing me as a black boy um, in class, tried to put me in a remedial um, reading group. And my mom was not having it, Zach. My mom marched up to the school and she told that teacher there's absolutely nothing wrong with him. He has all of the capabilities as any other kid. All you've got to do is put him in the position and challenge him and hold him accountable. Um, From that moment on, I committed myself to being my absolute best, to to having a commitment to excellence in 
everything in which I do. And so that brings me back to this unwavering confidence and belief in yourself and never giving up, Zach. And I think that if you do that, you will achieve your greatest opportunities. You will fulfill your greatest opportunities. Now, let me get to your question about the stress, right? You know, listen, obviously being president and CEO comes with a number of pressures. It's a 24 24 hours a day, seven day a week job. You're, you're never off. There's always a flood or a fire that you've got to deal with. There's always a great opportunity that needs your input to lean in on to pursue. Um, so it's 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I think that early on when I assumed this role, it was far more more challenging and far more stressful because I didn't have the experiences and I reacted to each individual situation with with everything. I think that what I've learned, Zach, is to treat triumph and disaster as the true imposter in which it is. I try not to get too high when things are going great. I try not to get too low when things are going poorly. Second aspect of it is that I realized through my career to be successful, it's going to take a team. Therefore, I try to gain organizational alignment and input and have strong trust and agreement amongst my my team because I know what it's going to take to win is that it's going to take the collective effort of all of us working together to achieve our aim or overcome any individual challenge. As a result of that, I think that I'm managing the stress much, much better because I don't get too high or too low as well as because I lean on the capabilities and strengths of my teammates, recognizing that I don't have to take it on all on my own, that there are others that are in this with me to help me solve these challenges. What does it look like for you to navigate white fragility and build relationships and coalitions of trust with folks that don't look like you, considering where you sit as an executive? Hey, that's tough, right? You know, um, it's it's much easier for us to connect and bond with those that look like us, talk like us, walk like us. It's it's far easier. But at the same time, that's not the world or the environment in which I work in, right? Um, It never has been from the minute I walked into corporate America. I've always been surrounded by predominantly Caucasian males and to some degree Caucasian females, very few minorities. And so what I've learned to do throughout my career is find my authentic self, Zach, be me, be the best Kenny that Kenny can be and always present that to others. And I think that with me being authentic and genuine, I connect better with others as well as I can have more candid, open and honest conversations about things that are working and things which are not working. Um, sometimes, you know, my, my culture, listen, I'm a, I'm a little direct, um, you know, I, I'm a little, a, a little forward. 
Um, but I'm, I, I want to make sure that we're having the real conversation and that we're not sweeping any issues or concerns under the rug. And so with doing that, I think that I've built st really strong, long-lasting, trusting relationships with those which I've worked with. Um, if you ever look on my Twitter or LinkedIn or um, Facebook page, you'll see all of my colleagues throughout my 30-year career who are still my friends, who still recognize me for having a contribution in their development and helping them to progress and get to where they are today. And many of them are my Caucasian counterparts. Let's talk a little bit about your, about NASCO and your journey in healthcare. And like, why this industry specifically? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's very interesting. Hey, Zach, when I came out of undergrad, graduating from the University of Albany in 1990, I just wanted to get a high-paying job. So, you know, I wanted to get paid. So I jumped out and accepted a role down on Wall Street with Morgan Stanley. And, you know, I could see my future. I thought I'd be, uh, you know, living the high life um, like uh, the wolf on Wall Street. Um, but I quickly realized after a short six months in that industry that uh, although I was succeeding, I was growing, I was learning, I wasn't being fulfilled or personally rewarded. And so I got recruited by a pharmaceutical company and ultimately accepted that role and I immediately began to flourish. And what I found was that I was able to do good while doing good. And what I mean by that is that I was able to grow professionally, be successful, achieve my professional goals and aims, but at the same time, I was able to bring healthcare solutions to physicians and nurses that were ultimately on the front lines of impacting and saving people's lives. And from that, I was tremendously rewarded. So throughout my 30-year career, I have, with all of my passion, jumped into the deep end with these communities, whether it be the diabetes community, whether it be the psychiatric community, whether it be the simulation and training community or frontline healthcare workers, because I truly believe that the work in which I've done over my 30 plus year career and even to this day is really making a difference and helping to ultimately save lives and make our communities even better. So we're in extraordinary times. Can we talk a little bit about how NASCO's business um, is adapting to the market and challenges presented by COVID-19? Yeah, this is um, a very challenging times, Zach. And for us, we've tried to um, modify and adjust our business to these times. First and foremost, the, the number one thing is to keep everyone safe. Both the associates that work within NASCO Healthcare, as well as the, their family and friends and the communities in which they live. So what we've first done is that we've enabled as many associates within the organization organization that have the ability to work from home to work from home. For all of those who are essential and critical to maintaining our business on a day-to-day -day, day -day basis within the building, we've um, instituted all of the normal social distancing 
distancing measures, staying six feet apart, um, um, having mask requirements, limiting um, vendors into the corporate facilities, um, putting our manufacturing associates on staggered shifts to limit um, the, the, the bringing together in common areas like lunchrooms and break areas. Um, we have, we, we, we disinfect the entire organization, I mean, uh, facility from top to bottom four times a day, um, as well as we've put extra um, care into disinfecting all of our products as they are being shipped out of the building and ultimately arriving at our customers. So safety is the number one priority. In terms of meeting the demands and the needs of the markets in this changing time, we've created more um, remote learning solutions. So we've partnered with universities, healthcare systems, and governments around the world to create simulation training solutions that can be delivered digitally online so that healthcare professionals can continue to get certified and trained so that they are ready and prepared to meet the, the challenges of this pandemic. The last thing that we've done is that we've ramped up the production of our life-saving solutions, specifically our CPR solutions, our intubation heads, as well as our patient communication simulators that aid healthcare professionals in diagnosing COVID-19 during this crisis. And, you know, so I'm hearing the, I'm hearing the, the parameters and the measure, measures um, that you're taking. I'm curious, with that in mind, and, and as we look at, um, you know, folks are saying that this may be going on until, like, next year, um, you know, when you look at the, at the next 18 months, what are you most excited about with NASCO? Yeah, I'm really excited about our ability to be able to take training from the classroom and take it into the home. Um, with our digital remote learning solutions, I think that we have the ability to really help um, healthcare and first first responders be ready to one navigate through this crisis as well as be better prepared in the future. As well, we are ramping up our production of COVID nineteen simulation solutions so that, and there, I shouldn't say just COVID nineteen simulation solutions, Zach, but pandemic response simulation solutions so that once we conquer this pandemic we will and and we use these solutions will be much better prepared for those in the future uh, I, I think if there's one thing that we've learned from the COVID-19 crisis is that we were not ready um, we were not prepared as a nation or as a globe um, and so I believe that our local state and federal government leaders have clearly identified how woefully unprepared we, we were. So at NASCO Healthcare, our aim and our goal is to ensure that everyone be ready. And so we are building those life-saving solutions that help first responders and healthcare professionals be ready when the time call comes. So whether it be to diagnose a patient during this crisis, whether it be to train a respiratory specialist on how to put someone on a ventilator, or to be able to resuscitate a patient that's in cardiac arrest um, that's right by the bedside 
or in, 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 or on the side of a car accident. Um, all of these solutions we believe um, we will be coming forward with over the next 12 to 18 months um, that show a very bright future for NASCO Healthcare and ultimately hope to help the community be better prepared in the future. So before we let you go, what advice do you have to the marginalized professionals, especially now um, in the workplace? Yeah, well, I'm one of those marginalized professionals in the workplace. Um, and so the first thing I would recommend is to believe in yourself. Never allow anyone to steal your confidence. That's number one. Um, have an unwavering belief in yourself. Two, commit yourself to excellence. Do the absolute best you can do at whatever you are doing. My mom taught me from a very young age that if you're going to clean a bathtub or clean a toilet, scrub it until it shines. You know, give it your best. Give it your all. Third is to build your network, right? Find individuals that you believe that you can learn from. And ask questions. Be inquisitive. Um, and last but not least is you've got to get up every day, right? You've got to get up every day and commit yourself to doing all that you can to grow. I, I, I think that there's one thing that I'd want the marginalized associate to remember. And one of my leaders taught me this um, a few years back in my career, Linda Tharby, um, one of my fondest leaders in my career. And what Linda told me was, Ken, you, you know, you might feel like you've got your back against the wall and there's only one way out of this situation. But remember, there are hundreds of options. You just have to down-select to the option that you think is most attractive for you. So, Zach, for that marginalized associate, the last thing I'd want them to remember is that you've got many, many options to succeed. Don't believe there is only one path to your success. But choose a path and then get on that road. And if you find yourself deviating, course correct. Um, but stay focused, stay committed, continue to believe in yourself, um, and I'm confident that you will achieve your goals and your aims. Chase your dreams. Never give up. You know what, Ken? I got I to gotta tell you, I appreciate your energy, man. <laughs> okay. Great. Great. Uh, <laughs> um, before we let you go, any shout outs? Um. I would just like to thank you, Zach, for allowing me the opportunity to be part of this podcast. I'd like to um, thank Tina Chang and the Pioneering Collective for the work in which they do on my behalf. And I would just like to thank all of my friends and family who have supported me throughout my career that have allowed me to get to where I am now. I would just pray that everyone stay safe and stay healthy um, and wishing all of you and your families, um, you know, uh, positivity as you navigate through this COVID-19 pandemic. All right, Ken, thank you so much. Y'all, this has been Zach Nunn. You've been listening to the Living Corporate Podcast. We do this every single Tuesday. Uh, make sure you uh, you check us out. We're all over uh, Barack Obama's internet, okay? So if you type in Living Corporate, we will pop up, okay? Uh, make sure you check us out on Twitter at Living Corporate underscore pod and on Instagram at Living Corporate. Until next time, you've been talking to Ken Miller, CEO of NASCO 
health CEO and president of NASCO Healthcare. Peace. Living Corporate is a podcast by Living Corporate LLC. Our logo was designed by David Dawkins. Our theme music was produced by Ken Brown. Additional music production by Antoine Franklin for Musical Elevation. Post-production is handled by Jeremy Jackson. Got a topic suggestion? Email us at livingcorporatepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us online on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and living-corporate.com. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned.